welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 236. Uh, I am... Anyway, ignore me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Man, we're <laughs> off our game. Like We had to restart the we're... podcast because of recording difficulties, and Alex is just completely up in the weeds now. <laughs> I, it, 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 I'm, I'm off my game. I mean, we did have to literally remix this here, so... No, no, yeah, re-record. Episode. Remix would be like me being like, yo, I'm sampling the last 200-some-odd episodes and doing a whole episode <laughs> off that bullshit. Here's some out-of-context <laughs> clips, y'all. You know what we should do one day is literally just, for an episode, pretend that it's a new episode, but literally just play clips from an old episode and see if anybody notices. I think this predates you, but I used to save a bunch of the preamble stuff we didn't wind up using, and occasionally we would just do compilations of that. We don't do that anymore because it's a giant fucking pain in the ass to do, it turns out. But Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing we could do is uh, just feed it into one of those bots, feed all of our podcasts into one of those bots, and just have it generate a new podcast. Oh, I would love to see what That'd it would be hilarious. I, yeah, I'd love to see what it comes up with. Like, it'd be what? Food nightmares, terrible voices, and. <laughs> I don't know. Fallout 76 news? Yeah. The, the, the food scientist is scared. Oh, Fallout 76. Angry. Yeah. It'd be, uh, definitely there'd be a lot about Fallout 76 and Activision Blizzard. Yeah, there would be. Charlie picks on Alex again. Things of that nature. I have never once picked on you in the entire <laughs> run of this podcast. No, never. <laughs> Oh, well, yes, we're here. It's episode 236. I am, of course, Alex, a.k.a. Maeve Online, and I'm joined here with my two cohorts, my two podcast partners in crime, if you will, uh, Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak Undivided. Who has never course, picked on Alex. Yeah, the, Charlie, I have never picked on Alex, Mordak Undivided. Yeah, that's, that's, and- that's my full title now. <laughs> <laughs> All their titles are slander, obviously. And our in-house cosplayer slash Sega enthusiast, Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero. Woo! It's a good way so, to be a yeah, Sega fan, gotta... I think. So, um, I guess I'll just start it off real quick here and, and briefly say that, like, I haven't really done much this week as it goes, except for wanting to kind of find a break in kind of monotony of playing WoW and Overwatch, and then Overwatch and WoW, and going Alex, back and forth. Alex, I'm here for you on this one. Have you thought about, you know, maybe not playing a Blizzard Activision title for a couple weeks? Well, that's what I was going to do. I was actually going to mix up and play some Division 2, uh, which satisfies, A, my my for playing a shooter with mm. my need of playing some sort of game where I get loot. I'm just saying there's a better um, looter shooter out there if you wanted to play it, but when the new season starts Tuesday. Yeah, given the current season, or given the current season, I'm probably going to pass on Destiny 2 this time around. Hey, I just show my fancy new warden title off to someone. It, I worked hard on the last like week and a half where I took two months off from playing that game to finish out that sea line. I get to be a warden of fucking nothing. If that's a strike name, so I'm not a warden of nothing. I'm just a warden. <laughs> new season festival uh, looks cool. I actually am probably going to do um, maybe... Uh, GTA Five actually also reinstalled that because I te- technically I haven't finished the story, so I actually might as well really burn through the story. Yeah, I got a good way through it, but then I started playing the online version, which you don't do the story for. Yeah, I definitely played that game the first time before the online stuff was available, so all you could do was play the single player modes. Yep. Yeah, 
So I, I feel like I want to actually burn through the uh, the uh, single player mode all the way through, and then may, uh, maybe I'll dabble in the online. But I really want to finish the story. So yeah, I, that's. I honestly like the story for the single player mode of that game in some ways more than the online mode. I Trevor's a motherfucker, but the other characters are. Yeah. I like I like the game. I just my thing is and I, this only comes from just sort of watching people. The city feels kind of empty. Yes, but lot, also that's there's actually, a lot of area, but it's just like there's not that many sort of people loitering around. Well, it feels. Yes, but also that's an Xbox 360 game you're talking about. Like it's kind of true. Or that that's like put put that helmet back on and go back through time to. How would that have felt in what was that like 2010 when that game came out or something like that? That's kind of fucking impressive at that point. Later than that, I but. think you but can I'll... increase the the density of population depending on like your on PC your processor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. On PC, you definitely can. Okay, I I, I don't own the PC version, so I don't know. But oh, okay. it's it was just like yeah, the game looked really empty. I was watching it played on a console, and. In comparison to say, like I've I also I have Saints Row Saints Row games and those games feel like oh, there's just a lot of people around, all of them. Like I guess even the later ones, especially, it just feels like the city's full of lots of people. There there's always lots of people loitering around. But yeah, maybe it was just the limitations of the consoles. It may have also time. been where you were in the game too. Like I. I don't know, definitely, I don't think GTA feels unlived in, but I'm not sure that's the same a grandiose population Saints Row games have. But Saints, Saints I, I, Row genre, right. And also very wrong by the end. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's what made it fun, is because, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I know we've talked about how, like, it tried to be GTA, but it just wasn't working, and then decided to go a little bit weird, and people liked it, and they're like, fuck it, dildo sword. And it yeah. just kind of worked. <laughs> no, no, Saints Row 2 and 3 are fucking phenomenal games. Everything after Saints Row 3 where things get a little... Well, okay, that's a choice you made. After. Yeah. I like Saints Row 4. I like the whole concept of being in like a Matrix-type scenario. We're not rehashing why I hate Saints Row 4 ever again. <laughs> I, I still we've feel talked passionate about We've talked about this on the, yeah. on the podcast. So. Yeah, I, Saints Row 4 is bad for every single reason people said the uh, Ballad of... Uh, Johnny, Johnny Gat escapes from Hell game. That's the exact same game. The difference being people like everything bad about that game's in Saints Row Four. People are like, no, it's Saints Row, so it's fine. I don't know about these religious overtones. No, it's the exact same fucking game. If you don't like one, you don't like the other. Actually, like that's it's, that's just they're too similar at that point. I will say GTA or sorry Saints Row Four was probably a huge favorite. Me, I I played I like I literally played that straight through. I played the played the heck out of it. I played it yeah, I got went so Both however wrong. it does get a bit boring at the end when you are way overpowered. Both like, just wrong. Yeah. Hilariously I, overpowered. I thought that was really like I I mean it was a little bit like yeah over the top. Man, I loved it. I think they really the fact that they just really embraced it. Yeah. But this isn't about Tetro 4, we've got other things to talk about. You just uh, feel my anger all up in Portland building up as someone tells me Tetro 4 can't. You're just like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, <sighs> it's only because I, I, part of the reason is because I just love the whole Matrix setup for it. Like, yeah. you're in a robot. Oh, that makes like, sense. Oh, you have, so yeah, you, you have trash tasting games. You're absolutely right. Yeah, of course you like Matrix, that game. It's basically Matrix Online, <laughs> but slightly more playable and still playable, arguably. 
Of course, mm. this makes sense now. It also explains why I love Destiny 2. I love Trash Game. Yeah. <laughs> the best Trash Game. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm a sucker for anything Matrix. Certainly. No, I get that. Yeah, if, if you were in on the Matrix premise and not like a fan of the previous Saints Row games for being weird GTA clones, I could get how Saints Row 4 is a good if you, I, mean, I like yeah. the other Saints Rows, but. Something about Saints Row 4, the fact that you had all the crazy powers and stuff was really fun. Oh, no, and, and that's the divide. People either think that's a great thing, or there people like me who were like, I didn't enjoy that because it was no longer Saints Row. It was, like, bad infamous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess since we kind of went off topic there, but yeah, that was my week. It was just, I'm going to mix it up with some port back on my findings on these other new games. Uh, because apparently there are more games outside of WoW and Overwatch. Apparently, I yeah. I, I highly recommend <laughs> Hitman. Hitman's still really good. Oh, I need to pick up Hitman. The third one's good. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I finally got around to doing the whole account linking thing, which mm. is still harder than it should be, but now I have all my stuff from the previous games and my uh, Hitman 3 game, and that's cool. I know I say it every time we talk about Hitman. I wish they were still doing those things episodic. I've never loved an episodic release schedule more than that game for some absolutely bizarre reason. Hey, we're establishing all previous Hitman games are canon to this point, FYI, montage. And I Ooh. thought that was just kind of a cool little touch to that whole thing. With yeah, it's not really super relevant, but yeah, everything you've done in the Hitman universe up until this point is canon and takes place between the first mission and the second mission. It's just a job that links into the larger kind of Hitman story. But it's like, yeah, no, here's clips from some of the more like iconic kills previous Hitman games, like woven into that fun. Like, oh, I remember that kill. I remember that kill. I did that. I killed that piano guy with his piano strings. That was fun. yeah. I. It starts the Tuesday after this podcast goes up, so more Destiny bullshit next week. I I don't know. Like I Playing Cyberpunk and Hitman 3 have just been more of a, I want to play these games. I'll get back and play Valhalla eventually at some point. Yeah, I'm definitely kind of circling around four games right now and hoping nothing else I want to play for a little while because ended to do and actually doing all the side missions and shit like that before I go to the ending again. It won't change anything, but it's this kind of completionist thing in my brain. Sure. I, I usually try to do side quests first while i'm doing everything instead of trying to... that one's I... weird because like, i think like not to go off on a whole cyberpunk tangent for a second but like the real story of that game is just v doing random ass bullshit jobs around night city like the the actual mm-hmm. like main central story of that game you can follow is relatively short and kind of like it's definitely more cinematic and like it links all the stuff together but it's not the real story of V, if that makes any sense. And that makes sense. Yeah, yeah like no, it, I, yeah. It's just kind of one of the things V has going on on his slash her rise to cyberpunk mercenary badass kind of thing. Like it's like it's 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 weird calling it a background thing because it's not. It's a very active thing you're engaged with, but at the same time, like it's the game is really the story of didn't engage with the side content. You missed out on the best parts of that game, hands down. I actually haven't been up to much. Uh, Henry? Yeah, so I'm still watching some stuff on Crunchyroll. I do have the like pass, so I get get to watch everything interruption-free. I'm still watching Dakaichi, which is the show I mentioned last last week, and that one is just well-paced. It has some nice flashbacks. You care about the characters. All the characters seem to have kind of a some, at least somewhat of an interesting background. It's fun. It's lighthearted. Sometimes I like to watch something that's mostly fun and lighthearted. Kino's Journey is 
a little heavier fare, but still, I'd say not too heavy. It's it's pleasant, kind of bucolic. It's travel and countries has that Kino visits has some sort of very specific laws or something about the way it was founded or something unique about it, which just seems like a social experiment more than anything. And sort of a philosophical engagement of like, well, how would this idea work if this was if a society was built with this in mind? And I and I find that very fascinating. So that's yeah, that's a great show. But yeah. Uh, other than that, I've been streaming a lot more often. And the other day on, oh yeah, I will mention that. Just another thing, Kino's Journey is also very easy to get in. Unlike some of the ones that are based around, say, Japanese high schools or Japanese companies, this is this takes place in sort of a that's that's also then there's there's I'd say there's some sort of resemblance maybe to some places, but not really. It like I said, it seems like a lot of social experiments. Which was streaming the other day. I've been streaming more often, and I had a question on whether I own uh, had known about a game called Jewel Master, and so I was. Actually, I own a copy of it. Never step to Henry when it comes to owning obscure Sega games. Yeah, just obscure Sega knowledge in general. Yeah, I'm going to... Likely I've played the game, and if I haven't, uh, I probably know about it. (laughs) And know some obscure fact about it. But but Jewel Jewel Master. And Jewel Master is an absolutely amazing game. It's fun. It's super fun. It's very tactical. The way it works is, the mechanics are, you have rings. You can hold two rings on each finger. And there's four types of rings. There's like fire and sort of... There's some rings that by themselves have abilities like fire. just kind of shoots a little bit of fire. And there's ice. There's kind of earth. And essentially, the combinations of the rings also have like fire plus the ring that usually gives you... That are more support-based. That'll give you speed up or more jump. You combine that with fire, and it becomes fireballs. So you no longer have like a, a, a close-range weapon. Now you ha- actually have range. For every situation, you'll want to move your rings around on your hands to get... As I won't give that away, because that's a part of the fun, is exploring the game and seeing, all right, why is this power good? Why should I bother with this one? Oh, okay, I see. I see how this works better. This is especially true for the bosses. If you figure out the good combination of rings to use against the bosses, you'll roll over them. But if you don't, you'll have a really, really rough time because bosses hit hard. And you don't start out with much life meter at all. You start out with only, like, two jewels as your life meter. Now, each of them, can you can take more than one hit per jewel. Certain enemies do a lot more damage, and bosses hit very hard. So. Boss, every boss can take you out in a couple of hits if you're not. Though I'm still working on the last boss. I've not managed to beat all the forms of the last of what I'm pretty sure is the last boss. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know how many levels are in the game, but it's a great game. It also, the play control is, hold it is how high you jump. Control yourself in the air. When you press left or right, you can barely move along. It's just so responsive. I've rarely played even any Genesis games that are this this completely responsive to him. You never feel like, oh, well, it felt loose, and oh, I missed... I never, 
ever feel like I miss an input. Like, I have never seen it eat inputs either. It's a great game, and also it's cheap. It's only like five bucks. You can find it on eBay still for like five bucks, as opposed to, you know, buying terrible games for the Genesis or other systems that cost like 150 or 200 or 300. It's like, you can buy this one for five and get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I mean, I own, and I also streamed a few games. Also, it can be very cruel playing it because A, you don't start out with much life. B, no life is returned at the end of a stage. And so you have to gauge your life at all times, and you only have a couple of... Starting out is very unforgiving, but once you get the hang of it, it yeah, I, yeah, I've been streaming a lot more, and that's that's been fun. I got a big, big, uh, two big... Actually, my one I just did last night, I got two big uh, raids coming in, streamer that I watch, not necessarily all retro, but usually more... Another one that actually came in not long after that uh, with a big raid was Cypherin. And I've mentioned, I've actually mentioned Cypherin before. I've read a lot of Sega stuff, very specifically. So, of course, I watch him. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, Cypherin also has a uh, something coming up. Well, I guess this may not be out in time, but on Monday, Spider-Man versus Kingpin for the Genesis, Atomic Robo Kid, also for the Genesis. This will be up by and, then. Yeah, and Shinobi uh, for the PS2. Oh yeah, you usually have it up by... Oh yeah, that's very relaxed and very cool. He actually had gotten the big raid from AGDQ. So, or... Yeah. Show off some games, show off some good, very good Genesis games. News. I guess. I don't know. We're going to start off with my favorite news we've had in a long time, I think. And it is, uh, it's a simple one. It's it's true Yoko Taro at its best, too, which I think is uh, a great place to start any news segment of the game. So recently, Squeenix got out there and detailed um, they think are appropriate fan creation rules for the game near and Yoko Taro not to be outdone or not to be Yoko Taro whatever Yoko Taro can be Yoko Taro remember if you can be Yoko Taro be Yoko Taro <laughs> uh, got out there he's like I'm pretty sure that the game near violates the Squeenix rules for fan creations <laughs> what we're not gonna go into all the details if you're really curious you can go dig these up uh, it's the rules are pretty restrictive. For a game with literally a hold both thumb triggers and to explode characters' clothing off functionality, the game leans very hard to trying to make the game near wholesome, which I'm not ah! saying it's not, but it's not really that game either. Like, near is near at the end of the day. Either you love it or you hate it, but kind of Yoko Taro got out there and cited that by design, his games push a variety of norms and are kind of a little bit subversive and they go after societal stuff and trying to limit the fan base of this game to not do any of that with their fan basing of the game seems wrong. And kind of hilarious. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure my own game violates the rules you've set out for how to be a fan of my game. And or like, <laughs> I, Yoko Taro, creator of the game, probably have like violated the rules for being a fan of I, Yoko Taro's game. Good on you, Square Enix. Uh, never change. 
and, and some of the rules are kind of basic boilerplate stuff, but some of them are like, I'm sorry, you've played Nier, right? Like the, the weird made-with-the-big-ass fighting style game thing? Like, yeah, the, the if you've never played up, yeah. literally any of the series, like, from the very beginning, it's like, uh, definitely has fan service and definitely yeah. isn't just isn't pure. This is not a pure PG game. Yeah, no, this is it's not a game for the children, if you will, both in like yeah. content and also themes that'll go right over their heads. Yes. But. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Always be Yokotaro and wearing a yeah, head mask thing. Even Yokotaro wears a bracelet reminding him to be Yokotaro, I think. It's like, yeah. like just the inside of the moon mask just says, Have you been Yokotaro yet today? And you're like He's like, I haven't, you're right, to Twitter! <laughs> Never changed, Yokotaro. But yeah, that's kind of our funniest news of the week in some ways. Uh, you want to talk about Blizzard real quick there, Alex? Uh, sure! So we'll start off with, um, this story's kind of developing a little bit, it's not quite clear what the outcome's going to be, but Activision Blizzard is currently being sued or accused, sorry, they haven't gotten to the suing part, for stealing uh, character design for Call of Duty Modern Warfare from... I think it's technically like a movie design is what this yeah, came from. Yeah, so, so it's supposed to be from... It's developed as part of a film pitch. Yeah. Um, and I guess they're taking not just Activision, but Infinity Ward and Major League Gaming to court um, over stealing mine for this uh, in their game. Essentially, and it's so. and when you put the two side by side, I see what they're saying. It's quite obvious. At the same time, and this is not me kind of trying to besmirch the artistry of the original character design. It's generic enough that I'm like, I, I, it's the can you really claim ownership of something that's kind of wasteland woman with gun? Well, I mean, all right. Well, if you go into the specifics of the case, there he he's claiming that. They straight up used like poses and things from his sure. photographs to design design this character. And look, if you look in the picture in the article, yeah. it's like uh, with a exactly the way the hair is in front of the face, like in yeah. this particular face with the wind kind of blowing. That's a straight up copy. That's literally just they just traced it. Right. Like, and I'm that's, saying that's like n- it's maybe not generic enough, but like it, that's a broad enough thing. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, looking at them side by side, you're definitely kind of going up. Uh, I get they just copied that. Yeah, they just copied that pose, or that at least the hair exactly. Like that's not a natural way to ha- for hair to fall. If you if you if you're looking at what I'm looking at, where it's just kind of curling around the face like that. Yeah, that's that's but, not typical. That's not normal. The hair is exactly the same. It's not even like. Well, I guess they're kind of similar. No, literally same pose. They just straight up copied it. Yeah, and and, I guess my only kind of thought on that one is like the initial thing that quote they're copying i'm like it's the like i've seen that before and a bunch of other stuff but also i don't fucking know how any of this stuff works like it's definitely similar enough that he's probably just right to go ahem oh he's also claiming that they hired the same people who posed the same like person yeah yeah was his apparently they, they even hired the same person yeah that's so that's-, that's part of the more of that i'm going okay that's uh that makes a little more sense yeah, yeah. that's kind of fast <laughs> yep that's super sus. Their own promotional materials that are have been put out publicly, yeah, they straight up just stole this character. They just blatantly stole this character. I mean, that's kind of... Uh, we'll see where this goes, but 
the fact that they even hired the same person to like pose. Not enough for much of the the design is generic enough where it's possible you could accidentally luck into this. Like this kind of shit happens if you're designing generic military people. It's the overlap of man, you guys went out of your way to steal this one. It's not just like hey, we took inspiration and credited. It's the yeah, it's yeah, that's. Uh... Normally, I'm like, yeah, sure, it's a generic design, but man, that's they look off. Yeah, no, I, but also, like, you could go back to the second Resident Evil movie, and I'm sure find people, and it's like, I don't know what the rules are at that point, because there's only so many ways you can have soldier woman standing with gun covered in, like, battle gore looking angrily off in the distance before it's like, okay, how do we change this? You can't. We've done the nine hair colors, that makes sense. Yeah, well, then you also have generic model with exact same hair part in the same direction with the same color like i i would i would have been like yeah sh- i mean yeah they're generic serious, designs, yeah serious wrong. yeah i thought but the like, same thing but yeah the hair part and the way it goes specifically is like real specific like it's yeah it's purposeful yeah at least again we're not lawyers or anyone like that but as as a just a bunch of dudes on a podcast, man, that looks yeah. Real it's it's definitely a case yeah. there, but also like it's generic enough. I could totally imagine the response being seeing a hundred other images that could also claim copyright on this. Yeah, but the fact that they hired the same person as yeah. well as the same person to do makeup, yeah, that's both of those are like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's where I think by of logic falls apart. Where it's like, nah, that's that's a pretty major overlap at that point. But that's not the only uh, Activision Blizzard we got this week. We have BlizzConline to talk about. Is it a woo? It's supposed to take place. It's supposed to replace BlizzCon. The whole thing is free. So there's the panels and the opening ceremony, and that whole the whole event is is high digital goodie bag stuff, if you will. But the actual con where you can watch stuff is free. So, um, not really much to really know about it, but we're expecting updates on obviously things like Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, and wow, we might see some stuff for some other games. I think, what's it called? Even Diablo Immortal's still there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> who fucking knows? They should, they should uh, do nothing but announce updates for Diablo Immortal for three days. Uh, Three yeah. days of Diablo Immortal. Enter, yeah. enter Diablo Immortal. Yeah. I will say, though, I think one of the things, and this is just kind of based off of the, I guess they had a, one of their earnings calls recently. Um, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are not coming out. That, just to get that out of the way. That ain't happening. So, we'll see. It's probably going to be new WoW tier stuff they'll talk about. Maybe some holiday stuff here and there. But they do have a what they call a quote-unquote celebration collection, where you can, like said, the digital goodies through the give you stuff for all their games. I specifically and, uh, did not mention that in our notes. I didn't want to advertise for them, because it's got some okay-looking stuff in there, but also, if you're already into I mean, these games, you're into these games. New compared yeah. to what they have, like, in general. Shocking, there's a blizzard bear, which is also known as a polar bear. Yeah, well, they had a blizzard bear a long time yep. ago. This is just a new, cool-looking version of it. But they even have stuff for like uh I guess they so I guess really quick though they have the Blizzard cool looking bear thing they have a Rainer skin for Reinhardt for Overwatch some sort of 
her, I think it's Heroes of the Storm, yeah. uh, Hearthstone pack stuff, and then something for StarCraft 2. And I think all so. of this is lame, except the uh, Rainer skin for Overwatch. I'm like, or, hear me out, just put Jimmy Rainer in Overwatch. I don't know what he would play as. <laughs> what if you just put the fantastic Jim Rainer in Overwatch, just like, it's a game with guns. Jim Rainer's a guy with a gun. <laughs> just fight it. Do like a weird crossover episode thing where like somehow StarCraft and Overwatch Universe became one or something. I don't know. I, I just, knows? I honestly believe Maybe. Overwatch leads into Star uh, StarCraft eventually. And like through the magic of their uh, repopulating space fucking Jim Rainer gets sent back in time by Kerrigan to the Overwatch era because that's how much logic you need. Just fucking put Jim Rainer in Overwatch. I'll play it again. <laughs> Make his ult the cigar move or something. I don't fucking know. Just put Jim Rainer in Overwatch. Well, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. So that's going to be happening the, was it February 19th yep. and 20th yep. of this month? Uh, because of course you are. I'm not. Sucker. I'm only going to watch it if uh, Diablo Immortal gets an update. <laughs> They announced the uh, Jim Rayner block hour. I'll tune in for that. <laughs> Just like eight people talk about cool Jim Rayners. We're like, yeah, he was a cool character you should have done more with. Tell me more about what you're doing with him. Sir, th- this is the Hearthstone con- uh, panel? Yeah, but Jim Rayner, motherfuckers. Yeah. We will also talk about Kerrigan during this meeting, if you so wish. This isn't even for that game. We don't care. Where is StarCraft 3, a.k.a. all Jim Rayner? Hi, Blizzard. Can you... Please drop your lawsuit on me from all the Jim Rayner slash Kerrigan erotica I've written over the last couple of years. I would appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, they are a wholesome couple of a borderline <laughs> god deity created through genetic mutation and Zerg infestation <laughs> and one dude too rad to die. Because <laughs> Jim Rayner should be dead a billion times over in StarCraft, but he's not because he's just cool. I'm too rad. That that skull armor, the most obvious thing to ever put in the StarCraft universe. What if we just put a pirate skull on a space marine armor? I will people be into that? People are way into this. <laughs> All I'm saying is, what if you just made a Jim Rayner game, Blizzard? Just just throwing that one out there. This has to be a good one, just Jim Rayner, the video game. Maybe one day we'll get World of StarCraft, I... and Jim Rayner could be... Fucking faction Jim Rayner's on, I'll be like, I'm joining that faction... Why? It's the people that sacrifice people to the goat god. Yeah, but Jim Rayner wouldn't lead me wrong. He knows what's up. He was the only. He tosses you yeah. into the volcano. I'm sorry, he was the <laughs> only <laughs> consistently good guy through all of StarCraft. Every other hero and, like, name character at some point revealed themselves to be a massive tool, except Jim Rayner. Yeah, it's. We need to move on because I keep making Jim Rayner. Somebody really likes Jim Rayner. I. Again, like, as someone who grew up at, like, the peak of StarCraft being a thing, and, like, is a sucker for if you slap a skull on Power Arm, like, that's a cool character design. Could be the worst character design ever. If it's got a big-ass Jolly Roger on the face on the front of your Power Armor, I immediately go, tell me more about this Jolly Roger Power Armor character. I'm dumb like that! It doesn't take much to make me get into a character, but then you have this guy, like, fucking smoking cigars with a beard inside the bubble helmet of his dumb Power Armor skull thing, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm in on this character. What's his thing? He really hates life. Okay, and he's a space marine. Go on. And he has an on-again, off-again relationship with the Queen of Blades. I'm sorry, what now? 
Like, maybe him and Phoenix are the only, like, defendably good people. Even Phoenix, by the end, is kind of like, why didn't you just stay dead, Phoenix? Well, I must serve. Why didn't you just, just stay dead? All the good guys wind up on Team Rainer, who's like, I don't fucking care if you're Protoss. We need to go stop the warp monsters. And people are like, oh, shut up, Jim. And he goes, fine, I'll do it myself. Moving on. <laughs> they- <Yeah. laughs> A new Total War Warhammer 3 got announced this week. It comes out sometime this year. That's cool. Those games have been really good. That's actually super cool. Yeah. Total War games are very cool and actually work perfectly with the whole idea of Warhammer. Yes. So, actually... Yeah, the the Warhammer ones have been some top-ass tier games. I'm a little sad this isn't a 40k version of it. Maybe we'll get one of those in the future, because those were also some fucking rad-ass games. Um, mm-hmm. Seems massive. Uh, if you've seen the trailer for this, it features some races that I don't know, because I don't follow Warhammer Fantasy that well anymore. But it's got, like, the, it's got, like, badass Elsa fighting totally not Scarbrand, so fuck it, mm. I'm in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, before someone yeah, writes so us in going about this, yes, I understand Scarbrand defends his brand, and that's not Scarbrand, but I don't give a fuck. Anytime I can drop the name Scarbrand, I'm going to. I'm sure Scarbrand hates that riff. Scarbrand hates quite a few things. <sighs> We're learning all types of weird things about my allegiances today, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, Gearbox has been purchased by the Embrace Group, which is totally not the name you want to have associated with your company. Uh, they are the people that own THQ Nordic and Koch? Coach Media? Yeah. That's not Coke. That's such as I had the name earlier and totally. They bought also a couple of others, Aspir and Easy. Yes, Brain that's what I was too. looking for. And Aspir I've I've heard of, like I know I've know games that they've done. I don't know Easy Brain though. For those concerned, 2K has will continue to have a relationship with Gearbox, which is good, I suppose. Um mm. I think my feelings on this one are neutral. Let's see if Gearbox can put out a better Borderlands than they could last time. Or, you know, maybe a game that's not Borderlands. That's Yeah, that would also be good. And maybe just get rid of Randy Pitchford. Maybe! Kind of keeping in the same vein of uh, purchases. We've got a couple others. I can start off with kind of an uplifting one that's not kind of bad or good. It's just kind of good to see people getting support. Uh, Kowloon Knights? Kowloon Knights? How am I pronouncing that one Kowloon. right? Kowloon. 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 Kalu Knights is invested in 23 indie studios. Which is- so, yeah, this is a big announcement because yeah. this is way more than they had done in the past. It's just kind of cool, and it's it's a fund, basically, and they just fund games, and that's what they do. Financial trend. Sony has bought a minority stake in owned by Sony, despite their very good working Two. <laughs> Yeah, they own a chunk of it, at least, yeah. Yeah. I, for one, like to wildly speculate and go, this means that Bloodborne 2 was obviously happening, and nothing short of an act of God would stop that from being... Yeah, I actually enjoy Bloodborne 2's design much more than the Dark Souls series, Yeah, it's got that kind of cool Vampire Hunter D vibe to it. I I like the art style. I kind of find the Dark Souls games to be... In a certain sense, boring. Yes, but they're also designed to be that super generic fantasy game, which is not a good thing or a bad thing, necessarily. It's a, that's what it is Yeah, it's a choice. It's very much kind of keeping in the theme of the undercutting of a traditional thing. Yeah, it's, it either works for you or it doesn't. We've got some sad news. Uh, Robert Altman, co-founder of Zenimax. 
and those that don't know, like uh, Zenimax, like that, they're I would say they're really really vital for keeping Bethesda alive. Yeah, essentially. Sure. Let's start sure. off with the least surprising, but also totally surprising news of the week. Google Stadia has shut down its internal Stadia studio. Not the Stadia service, just kind of the internal studio that was developing stuff allegedly for the Stadia game-wise. Surprising no one, but also starting all of us going, is this the first step to Stadia being shut down? Yes. (laughs) Okay, okay. This is all speculative. Yes. But based off of Google's history of the way they do shit, it's done. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. sorry Google drops experiments and drops stuff quite often Yeah, and yeah. I, while I appreciate kind of experimentation it's like we, we've come to kind of like we're used to this this isn't new for Google yeah unfortunately as, as somebody who has a Google ecosystem they have a really bad habit of doing shit like this sometimes, yep. and so they will they will keep it around for a while. Like they've invested enough that there's hardware, but like when they do stuff like this, it's always not encouraging as a Google person, just because yeah. given their history of the way they handle things. Someone who's been hurt by Google's, like, oh yeah, we're gonna make a podcast app, and they barely do anything with it, and then it just fucking. I, as someone who thought Google old. Plus was kind of a cool idea for a social network, you could like set up circles of who saw your shit. I thought that was yeah. a terrible idea, and that got the axe hard. Yeah, well, Google Plus had its own fair share of issues. One of the biggest things being they literally had to force it on people yeah. when you were doing YouTube channels for a while. So that became a big issue on top of it. Mm-hmm. It had its own fair share of issues. It, I will say I, I did enjoy some aspects of, of it, but yes, I guess in relation back to all this, like Google Glasses is another good example. Like they did hardware stuff and they did it. That should have never existed, of, though. Everything about Google Glasses was a nightmare idea. But now you have another version coming out of not Google, but somebody else is doing it now. I like, think anyone that's making a bunch of glasses that are always a bad idea. But the yeah. fact that it was always recording and people are like, well, I have this Google Glass and people keep kicking me out of stores and like breaking my glasses. I don't get why. It's because you're recording people against their will constantly and secretly, and that's not something you should be okay with. Yeah. I mean, while there is the in public, there's like no expectation of sort of privacy in public area, but it's also like, uh, you sh- yeah, it's. It was just in this, public, though. If you wore them I mean, into someone's house, you were recording in someone's yeah. house, technically. Well, yeah, it's as bad as, like, if you had an uh, Amazon Echo and carried that around all the time. Yeah. So they basically strapped a camera to someone's head and had them sit across from Google Glassware, and they're like, I feel uncomfortable with the camera on me. And they go, really? Because that's what you're doing constantly, you asshole. No, I have Google Glass. It has a camera, you dumb fuck. Yeah. The weirdest one yeah. I've heard is like it's the it's the it's the idea that was the okay. Have you ever like used a urinal while wearing Google Glass? Well, yeah. Congratulations, you've taken dick pics. No, I haven't. <laughs> yes, you have. And you sent them to Google. Yeah, it's like that's it's like that that by itself should be something you're not comfortable with. It's like, uh, it's like did you look like, right? Maybe awesome. I don't know. It's like, well, hope you didn't engage in child pornography by accident. Why are you like this? Because that's what fucking Google Glass is. 
I heard a guy who did that once, and he grew up to be Dr. Disrespect. I was just you were going with that. I'm like, where the fuck are we going off that? Like, that was a dark joke I just made. <laughs> Dr. Well, Disrespect. I know somebody who did it once, and I, they got fucking slapped for it. Banned from or, Twitch, well, yeah. Banned from Twitch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it... I, I don't think any of us would be surprised if this was just kind of the first phase of killing off Stadia. I, I have my monkey paw controller that I will rub for the rest of my life being like, <laughs> I bought you as a joke. Same thing as Stadia. And yeah, yeah I, I look. You could pull it off in a country where bandwidth isn't a problem, but the U.S., as far as internet infrastructure, has a lot of downside yeah. for some, a good chunk of it. Unless you're in a huge metro area. And even then, like, you've got fucking data caps to worry about. In like 40 years, if you come across this podcast as you're assembling your video game museum, contact me. I will happily give you my Stadia controller kind of thing. Like, <laughs> that's why I'm holding on to it at this point. So, like, when I'm old, I can sit around children and be like, I remember the Stadia back before Google put the chips in our brains. You had to use the <laughs> Okay, <controller."> Grandpa. <laughs> Okay, Grandpa, it's time for your nap. <laughs> they walk you away. Yeah. Like, come on now. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos has stepped down, or will be stepping down in the near future, of being kind of the leadership of that thing. And his replacement, and this is the part that relates back to us, has announced he's going to fix the games division. Oh, joy. Hmm. And we talked about this some last week of how much of a hut train wreck that thing seems to be, uh, but apparently Amazon's been spending $500 million a year plus on their games division, so <laughs> wow. money well spent. Yeah, I mean, look, their new game that came out, which is really cool and was a great Battle Royale character thing. Everybody loved oh, it. Yeah. Oh man, it got rave reviews. Definitely didn't get dragged on this podcast. <laughs> definitely, definitely didn't get dragged off the fucking store. Definitely didn't get unreleased. <laughs> right? Yeah, didn't just get like Walmart bargained bin. Got unreleased. I've never heard of a game getting unreleased. I can think of like, one, and I own a copy of it. Hmm. I, you know, I take it back. I can think of one, and it's Final Fantasy fourteen. That not fourteen. Uh, that didn't get unreleased was- though. No, that um fifteen. No, not no fourteen. Yeah, no, it's Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it technically did get unreleased, because they closed it and relaunched it. Yeah. So, and then, of course, everyone knows that story. It was, when they re-released it, it was amazing! A new healer class, It continues class, to be amazing. Yeah. If I could figure out how to fucking navigate their website for signing up for that game, which I own, like, two copies of it now, technically, I would <laughs> play that game. But I refuse to work that hard to play a game at this point. <laughs> yeah, I I already have enough game, even ongoing games that I hardly play. I haven't even played Destiny Two. Like, I never played it again this season. So I have. I have I, if I ever quit, wow. Maybe we'll have a I'm, better MMO to play at that point too. Like, what if someone finally makes a really good MMO again? Like, that's part of the problem. Well, Terra's really good. It's just not as popular. That's. Yeah. I think I think they're marketing basically or something. It's just I don't know. I think it's a great game. Has great art, like fantastic art design on all of it. And I like action oriented games. I I 
I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that worked on that. On Tabularasa. Yeah. Oh, that's the same studio Henry used to work for, actually. uh, Oh. Well, 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 not the same studio, but practically, yeah. Pretty much everybody from Tabularasa went to where I used to work, uh, Tryon World. But yeah, yeah, that was a Richard Garriott game. You want to mention Matrix Online real quick, Alex, just to feel heard. Oh, everyone knows I fucking love Matrix Online, and we're moving on. (laughs) <laughs> but I also was a big fan of Wildstar when that came out. Yeah, Wildstar was, was okay. I could have done with the less. I well, the problem is they try to cater to the hardcore yeah. WoW classic audience, mm. and unfortunately, that it just didn't work out. That's what I liked also. about that. I must say the character designs. Yeah. The character design was fucking great. The class design was great too. The class like... design was great. The characters. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable playing these characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like playing cat people. You didn't have to be a cat person. You could have been anything else. Oh, so I could have been a leopard person. You're right. The larger cat person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that was a, that was a great game. Unfortunately, that uh, just did not uh. I kind of go down that path. I would just play more Final, Fan- uh, Final uh, Fantasy Star Two at this point. It's like, ah, eh, it's close enough to what that game was. Yeah, Fantasy Star Online Two. Yeah, I still pop back in that every so often because maybe the biggest news this week. It's definitely my favorite news in a non-ironic kind of. Yoko Taro was Yoko Taro kind of way. Uh, you want to talk about Mass Effect real quick? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. All right, so kind of continuing our trend of talking about Mass Effect, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the collection of all three of the good Mass Effect games in one box with all their DLC and all that jazz, is announced. Comes out May 14th. People have played it. There's been kind of some... But also... I remember how rough that first Mass Effect game was, so... But they have said they are fixing stuff like the Mako physics and stuff like that, which is good, because the Mako physics... Some attention to detail has been done. They've uh, removed the um, Miranda's ass fascination that persisted through that second game, kind of to a appalling level. Which, on one hand, I'm glad they did. On the other hand, I'm like, can you re-enable that so we can play the real version of Mass Effect 2 with, like, five-minute cinematics aimed from angles that make no goddamn sense because they were pervy and wrong in an ironic, kind of hilarious kind of way? Yeah, that fucking... So many weird camera angles. Uh, But yeah, that comes out May 14th. It's got all the DLC except a piece of DLC that every Mass Effect game a fan forgets exists, which is called Pinnacle Station, because apparently that piece of content's source code got corrupted. If you've never heard of it, it's because even when I did that crazy, like, all three Mass Effect games and three weekends playthrough, I didn't touch that DLC, because it's in the first one, and it's this garbage horde mode thing that eventually became the multiplayer for that franchise, which was fine, Except it was terrible in Mass Effect 1, which has worse <laughs> combat. Uh, but yeah, if you're excited for Mass Effect, you're excited for Mass Effect at this point. I, It's weird. Initially, I was like, I'm totally going to buy this. But also, then I remembered, I played all three Mass Effect games in three weekends and went, Mass Effect in my life. Like, There's not a lot more I could find in that franchise that would be like, oh, I'm totally glad I not a lot of talk about it. They haven't really detailed a bunch of things. There's been an upswell of people talking about Mass Effect and just doing unbelievably stupid stuff in Mass Effect 2 that they were surprised could happen, which uh, 
anyone writing about Mass Effect 2 at this point that's like, I didn't realize you could do X up already. You're a decade too late, and your own dumb choices are like either a lack of research or a lack of common sense, or have you not played a video game before? Like, actually? Sorry, I read a bunch of Mass Effect articles. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Did you not play the game you were playing, allegedly? Why the fuck would you put that person in charge of this scenario? You out of a curiosity of why it isn't more of a thing. Apparently, Warner Brothers has been trying to patent, and successfully did finally patent, that whole nemesis system they had from the Shadow of Mordor games. Interesting. Yeah, didn't realize you could patent something kind of that vague in concept, but... I guess it has to be... I guess what it comes down to is it has to be increasingly more super specific. Yeah. And that and that's that was the problem here. It's just like you said, it was seemed too generalized, and they finally kind of whittled it down to where, yeah, uh, I think yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I've talked about the AI system in it, which is interesting, and especially the Nemesis system in particular. And so, yeah, I think this also finally explains why we haven't seen it in other places. It's kind of been patented this entire time, or they've been trying to. I would love to see that system put in place in like a GTA style game, but maybe we won't now because, sure, patent this. I'd, ha- I'd, ha- I'd have to take a look at the patent. I mean, yeah. being a you know AI, kind of the similar idea in ways. Well, there's also it. been the weird question of exactly what was the Nemesis system from like a front end thing. It was pretty obvious, but there definitely seemed to be the implications that that thing did some shit behind the scenes that maybe we as general players just weren't aware of with some... But who knows? You want to talk about Valve real quick? Uh, I mean, sure. What are they in the news for now? Nothing good. Well, shall we? Uh, where do we even start with this? Like, uh, Let's start at maybe the most... Like, troubling's not the right phrase, but kind of troubling. So, the public beta of Steam China, we talked about this years ago, I think, at this point. Like, We even made an ironic icon for it for our thumbnail and stuff like that so a while back we talked mm. about how they were making a version of steam specifically for china with all the censorship and rules you would expect out of that sentence well it's beta launches the week this thing goes up or this podcast goes up so it's real did they take our icon no they, they did not um <laughs> yeah so only a couple of games are kind of currently yeah, only a handful of, like, Valve-specific games are going to be on Steam to start with, like GSGO. Um, they're planning about 30 more games. But, yeah, that's... That's... Yeah, it's... Uh, China's government regulators can be very... and sort of comes to what they approve. Well, here it is. It just requires massive government censorship to get it up. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, they just... Just uh, in 2019, they created an official approval process just for video games. And it uh, even limits the number of games approved each year, which that's also kind of interesting. On one hand, I kind of like the idea it gets uh, it removes bloatware, but I suspect there's a bunch. But that's not it for Valve this week. They also lost a lawsuit for $4 million bucks over a company like Valve. It's not too much. It's like not a huge amount, but... It's a pretty big deal, though, that they actually ended up losing that suit in the end. And they got, like, unanimously voted against, apparently. Fuck that. And this lawsuit's been, I guess, around since 2015. So, yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, we have more Valve news. Yep. 
we thought we were done, we got slightly more Valve, and this one might be the worst of these ones in some weird ways. Alright, so essentially, Valve is being accused of price-fixing through their the types of contracts that they make with companies. I'm not sure, you know, I have no idea how, how strong this suit is. I mean, I saw some, they're not sure just how strong this would go through, saying that they abuse the platform's market power by requiring game developers to enter a contained in the Steam distribution agreement, whereby the game developers agree that the price of a PC game on the Steam platform will be the same price the game developers sell their PC game. And so, we're not lawyers here, so I don't know how good or bad this suit is, or how likely it is to go through, but it's certainly interesting. I mean, essentially, it's it's saying that Steam has a de facto price fixing because of the types of agreements they've made. That basically, it says that it disallows. And all right, so the effect of that, if they what they claim is true, that means other stores can't run games at a different price. Steam say, you know, it's like, oh, I can buy you know Mass Effect here for. $60, but over here on this store I could buy it for 55 So, they're claiming that that's, that Steam requiring that, then that actually is anti-competitive. If that's true, I I mean, it sounds suspect, but we're not lawyers here or there again. We're not, we're not experts on this. You can read up on it. It's, but, yeah, it, it is interesting to think of. Is that really de facto price fixing or not? But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually pretty interested in seeing where that goes. Yeah, I was gonna say more on this as it unfolds. So a a simple cosmetic hat has caused a bit of an uproar in the game Children of Light, a uh, cultural controversy. Uh, I'm not trying to so, explain this one all that well. It's uh, it's all a right. Hat. So so yeah, it's a hat and known as it, it's supposed to be a gat, a traditional Korean hat. Popularized during the Joseon period, but also it's just kind of been associated a lot with Korean, and it's kind of special to Korean culture. And well, they uh, some Chinese users essentially apparently like said that actually this is Chinese, and let's just say this has been an issue between China and a lot of countries in Asia, where China kind of. Not all of China, but I'm saying like certain people will claim own historical ownership over certain items. In this case, they're claiming that actually, yeah, the cat, the the it's a Chinese hat. But yeah, the so that's it's just it's been a sore spot. And I meant I'm I'm half Korean, and so I'm kind of I know about a lot of these kind of cultural issues that happen here. And there's yeah, this has been a big thing, and so. Uh, there's been sort of a, they, the creator, the director, Genova Chen, like, decided to side on the side of the, the Chinese, Chinese gamers that were claiming this was a Chinese hat. And so, hmm, yeah, so, and I, and I get, and I definitely kind of personally feel that frustration. This has been a long-running thing, and in this case, it's like, they're basically saying that 
Actually, yeah, no, no. This Korean hat is Chinese. And it's, they shouldn't have just taken a side. I think that they should have, if they really wanted to, like, avoid controversy here, take it out of the game. That would have been easier. Roll into this. Yeah. This is a whole, it's a whole sore spot here. It's, yeah. Uh, not happy. I'm personally not happy with the way this went. It's like, I, I, you know, I can see where both sides of the argument both kind of don't do the homework on this stuff. There again, like cultural, this is actually kind of crosses over into a little bit of cultural insensitivity. That is, you didn't do your homework on like the issues that sometimes are raised when something like this is done, then yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah. Something as simple as just a hat, a hat. in the game. <laughs> You're doing your homework, I guess, in a major way. So remember we talked about that you could do, that uh, they were officially adding mod support to Cyberpunk last week? Yeah. Well, apparently it opened up a major security flaw, given the game access to way too much of your computer you could use maliciously. So, yeah, that's been fixed, so it's no longer as big a problem as it was, but it's very <laughs> cyberpunk of them once again. Well done. Yeah, well done to, yeah, basically put out, put out a patch with a major security flaw. Uh, yeah, again, that's, I stand I guess- by... This is just the most cyberpunk game ever. Like, it's yeah. killed some people via seizures, potentially. It was hacking your computer. I, This is what I wanted from Cyberpunk 27. I'm getting the real, <laughs> future, uh, the real future of technology experience today via this one game. Well done. Like, when it, <laughs> when it releases the paper flu and destroys all paper records in known existence, then we will really achieve the dream of Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hells yeah. Give me that, Eddie. That means it's time to go back to Activision. Activision marketing manager David Tyler has joined Tencent as his director of global. What does this mean? Well, Tencent historically has been a relatively kind of Chinese company. That seems to no longer be the case as they're kind of gobbling up more and more just various companies outside of China. Hypothetically makes sense to, you know, have someone that has practice with at least dealing with the Western world. That's probably what happened here. Yeah, de- I think it's definitely a reflection of they're growing uh, growing as more of a global, you know, a global company, a global game developer, or, or not developer, but you know, owner of things. Yeah. Like, Zen- like, yeah. like a, you know, Zenimax or whatever, where it has ownership in a lot of different things. Yeah, uh, making the same moves that we've kind of been seeing them make for a while. That's why we keep covering it, because it definitely has a major impact on the gamers industry. And so, and it shows just Tencent's growing, well, nature as a massively growing company. But yeah, it is interesting that when they went to a, you know, former Activision. And yeah, Activision has the experience, you know, somebody working there will have the experience with working on a global scale. Yeah, I was going to say, either pick them or... Blizzard, I guess, Blizzard Activision at this point. I was going to say Blizzard Activision or EA at that point. For you. We're going to rewind to Ubisoft. Put back on your conspiratory hats. You can take them off for a change. But we have another departure from Ubisoft. This one of his own volition and not kind of covering his head in shame given how all the... Alexander... Harzo? Uh, Harzo? Sure. Harzo? Sure. Maybe. Yeah, is stepping down uh, role as managing director. He was one of the founders of Ubisoft Toronto. So he was the last of the three founders. 
that has now uh, departed the studio, retiring, like just what, just retiring essentially. Uh, just a little factoid. He was also involved in the kind of Ubisoft Fallout. In in that he's one of the people who brought it to the like as an issue, uh, along with his entire studio of just have saying that their sexual harassment stuff was a problem. So he was actually kind of sounds like on the good side of that issue, trying to bring it to the front and seems to be like a retirement as opposed to the spate of firings we've seen because of. But last but not least this week, we have the biggest Sega news ever to come across uh, in front of Henry. Uh, Bigger than the return of the Dreamcast, bigger than, I don't know, Power Stone 3 getting announced, bigger than, what would be other big Sega news for you, Henry? Um, I would say big Sega news, a new console. <laughs> Just a new console. What's that? A new Game Gear? Yeah. Hell yeah. Game Gear 2, also known as the Switch 2.4. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, they could make it where the, you know, the joysticks aren't crap. So No, no, that's the Sega <laughs> signature. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, we've kind of dicked around enough. Let's get to the actual thing. And so Sega has announced, I guess Lego is technically announced. That's similar to the Mario stuff we saw last year. They're doing a Sega, uh, Son- not Sega the Hedgehog, a Sonic the Hedgehog collection. And uh, like we said last year with the uh, with the Mario stuff, this stuff looks legitly cool. This yeah. I'm I'm highly likely to buy the, whatever set comes out of this. Uh, and it's, the the cool thing is this is a part of their Lego system where people can submit their ideas. Yeah. And this was a fan project where, well, essentially, if something reaches 10,000 fan supporters, then the LEGO Ideas board actually takes it into serious consideration. And, yeah, uh, this fan of Sonic and LEGO got enough, and it got the green light to go ahead. And so we're going to see something, you know, not ex- maybe not exactly the set that Grinnell, maybe not the exact same thing that she had sort of, uh, Viv Grinnell had put out, but I'm excited. Honestly, that Eggman I'm, robot looks real cool. I'm I am highly likely to buy this set, whatever set comes out, because yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Lego and Sega. That's like, all right, hit hit two of my biggest sort of buttons, like for nostalgia, my biggest nostalgia buttons. Hit them both at once. It's the you know uh, the soda the soda cup underneath two soda dispensers. So I currently have like I haven't even put it together yet. I think I'll do it as like a stream one of these days. I have a really cool Lego set for Supernatural for the car for the Charger. The Ideas Board has been uh, responsible for some really cool stuff over the. Yes, I I love the fact that they just they are that they definitely like look at their fans and say, all right, what can we do next based on what people actually want? And this, yeah, this, and the thing is also Lego, they never go into a project halfway. I've never seen any of their sets just be like phoned in lazily. Like their sets are usually like really interesting, really neat, really And this will have an official set here. Whereas my uh, Supernatural set is not official. It's the car with the brothers and as a Lego 
figs, and it's actually pretty cool, but I haven't even put it together yet. Yeah, it's cool to see all these official sets through the ideas. Uh, what other sets do you know that have come through the Lego uh, Ideas There's been a program? bunch over the years. There's been a bunch of Bionicle stuff. There's much, oh, yeah. Some of the technical stuff that goes through things. Like the uh, the Lego ship in a boat I talked about a while back. Oh, yeah, That yeah. technically came from there. I want to say the Ghostbusters set came. I used to work with someone that had like a small town on their desk at work that was all the Lego ideas board. It's interesting seeing over the years Lego become this, you know, from a just kind of simplest, sim- very simple toys to this larger encompassing, just very powerful brand in well, itself. I think it's more Lego- complicated than they've embraced the idea that their fans have stages of life. Like, the idea that, mm. like, there's people that still enjoy Legos but maybe don't have the space or the need for, like, the giant fuck-off Lego collections. Like, no, I still enjoy the idea of working with the less fun, air quotations-wise, versions of these sets. Like, uh, And also, it's, uh, and I'll just kind of mention, it's kind of interesting that, like, yeah, like, Lego also extending out into Lego games and Lego movies people have sent in really cool stuff i mean there's really amazing stuff here <laughs> so the, i i see a succulents one which yeah. actually looks rad oh no there's been super some, rad I, the stuff that deserves to get made usually does which i think is a cool part of that community i've seen a couple things on there that i'm like man that'd be super cool but i also get why like you will never make this yeah but, yeah but i guess that does that kind of wrap up the news? Do we have more? I think so. I think that's it. Yeah, I think we we are good there, unless there's some secret news we don't know about. Uh, secret news. I'm unannouncing the uh, Mass Effect 3 for the Mass Effect trilogy <laughs> I was going to play again on stream, because fuck that noise. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's nice to be back to just kind of normal video game news, if that makes any sense. We had a solid year of we're a fucking video game podcast, the internet. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> we want to talk about weird food and video games, not like the fundamental values of morality. Yeah. Yeah, this... Yeah, it's... I mean, obviously, like, we've mentioned that, you know, it's like, we're glad that these things are being confronted, but it's not easy to report on. In a yeah. certain sense, it's Fuck just, are we not equipped to handle it on that kind of like regular basis in some ways? Yo, there's going to be a shard. We're going to play it. We're going to play it at some yeah. point. I'll get the information for you guys. We're going to jump into the Matrix Online, or at least a fraction of what it this was. This is when we find out that she's been on that shard since like day one. It's like, oh, I've been here the entire time, Alex. Why the fuck haven't <laughs> you been here? I love the Matrix Online. <laughs> <laughs> I have dumb idiot wouldn't be here already if they were a fan of the Matrix anyway, shape or form. I'm not sure how I went up on the list for it, but I keep getting emails from I think like the Matrix, uh, and I know I didn't sign up for it because I don't care about Magic the, uh, the Gathering playing cards at this point. But does it sounds down in the show notes set to raw except to yeah, I think that does it for the podcast this week. Uh, yeah. Other than you can follow me on my. Social medias and streaming platforms. Uh, it is Mave Online, M A V E O N L I N E, across the board on everything. So Twitch, uh, YouTube, Facebook Gaming, and of course Instagram and Twitter. I occasionally post random ramblings of dumb shit, like when my Snow family was kidnapped. Uh, so 
Yeah. Follow me, check me out. <laughs> I thought I had some new views on there recently, I so I thought that was kind of I still can't believe that somebody drove up and stole your snow family. That's real Just weird. Just fucking took them with no remorse and then smiled at me and said, thanks for letting us take the snow. And I was like, okay. As for me, yeah, I am Kraken Zero. That is spelled Z-E-R Zero on social media. That's Instagram and Facebook. If I'm if I'm going live on Twitch, I usually post about it on... So you can follow me there. And I am starting to stream a little more regularly. I'm just kind of testing the waters in that. I've also been kind of using a slightly new lighting setup. That's a little bit more, I don't know, relaxing and chill. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on Twitch or my social medias. Yeah, Not up to anything special in particular. But, yeah. Oh. Um, I, I know, I th- no, I, th- I was just thinking, I think I already mentioned it, uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I already mentioned it, yeah, about Cypher and Cypher. I don't remember if I, if we lost that or not when I was talking about that. I, oh yeah, I think we did actually. All right, I just, I'll just mention it real quick. Uh, Cypher, that's C-Y-P-H-E-R, who is a very cool streamer, is going to be this Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on uh, GDQ in a big raid into my stream last night actually and yeah check him out he's super cool super chill really good speedrunner and also plays other games as well mixture of retro and modern but yeah he'll he'll be on the uh, games done quick channel in their community spotlight and i think that'll be super cool but yeah. i'm mordak i'm d 4 k on most stuff um h-e-r-i-n sorry no no problem it, but yeah yeah anyways yeah social links will be down in the show notes as they were the last couple of weeks you want to go Cue the metal! metal.